So I'm here with Jenny Chang. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Are we are we live? Are we doing? Are we're we recording. live? We're recording. Oh, we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not live technically, but we're recording. Yeah. Okay. No, that's great. I love. Okay. That. So um, I looked at your your brand online, and you definitely have a great brand. It looks like you have you do um, like events. You help with events a lot, That's and right. and mainly weddings. Am I correct? You know, Frank. Actually, uh, yeah. So I started the company's uh, revolving luxury wedding planning and design and production. Um, and uh, funny enough, now we're really venturing into experiential marketing events and um, even a little political. Now it's kind of interesting how we got there. But I always say, like, if you can plan a wedding, you can really plan anything. So uh, right now, I would say, you know, really foreseeing the events for 2020, we're focused a lot around uh, just the development of, you know, experiential marketing, really kind of helping brands or uh, products just really kind of revolve um, their marketing plans around events. So, yeah. I got it. I love it. I'm throwing an event in July, so I love to hear what like, your thoughts on, on that. Um, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, okay, so you, how did you begin this company and have you, how long have you owned it for? Okay. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So um, I've owned the company, I'm going to go on seven years now, officially. Um, but there's specifically, I would say, yeah, so there's, there's, I would say there's two parts to the uh, journey, though. Um, there's the first part, and when I started when I was 19, that was almost like 11 years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, I graduated from the Fashion Institute of Design Merchandising in, uh, with like an associate's degree under like visual communication. And after I graduated, I had this like huge impression. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to become a wedding planner or an event planner. And I um, had this impression that all these doors were going to open up to me. And, uh, you know, I thought that you know, doors would just, you know, I mean, companies would just flock to my education background. Um, but I quickly realized that that wasn't the case. So I decided, well, I was like, well, if no one's going to hire me, then I'm going to hire myself. So I started Rockin' Events, which was my first uh, startup in this, um, when I was 19. And so within the first six months of this decision, I went on this process where I was like, okay, well, you know, you need a brand, right? You need a name, you need a brand, you need a license and a permit and whatnot. And uh, I kind of got my ducks in a row. Um, and then the second biggest hurdle was, well, now we need clients, right? And so um, it took a few years uh, really for me to kind of circle into, um, you know, really breaking into getting my first client and, and kind of getting that all started. So, uh, which leads to the second part of my journey, which was in the summer of 2013. So it was about two and a half years later. And um, I started um, realizing, well, if no one's going to give me a chance to hire you know, if no one's going to give me a chance to plan their wedding or their event, then I'm going to have to plan one myself, uh, which 
really birthed this whole concept of experiential marketing. And back then, I mean, in retrospect, I had no idea that that wasn't even, even a thing, you know? Um, so I just, it was more intuitive. And I just thought to myself, I was like, well, really? Like, I'm, I'm really out here trying to offer my services for free, like on Craigslist and on eBay classified. And I'm trying to really get myself out there. And, and no one was really giving that chance. So I decided, I was like, well, then I'm going to start my own event. And so I launched the debut of Rockin' Events, um, and it was this one event, Frank, where I, you know, I, I, and there wasn't even a lot of marketing involved. It was just an event that I had for about 110 people, maybe. And um, it was this event that uh, I was able to get my first 12 to 15 clients that year. So, um, so yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I didn't understand the value of events until uh -huh. I had a friend that, that started throwing events and he was closing like at a very high rate. And it was just like the ambiance of an, a good event and the credibility that it builds is, is like invaluable. And I don't think there's a lot that beats it with regards to conversion tools. For yeah. Um, and I think people kind of ignore it. Like they ignore the, the, cause like me personally, I ignored like doing events mm -hmm. and I don't know why, like, I'm like, dude, I should have done this like way earlier. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, cause it's like, because you know, like, you know, the sales grind, you know, like you're cold calling and doing all that stuff. And, yep. and I, and I like, and I do that and I, and I support, you know, doing cold calling, but you know, you're going to, you're going to convert at very, very small percentage. Mm -hmm. And like when I did my first, like the last event I did, they were purchasing from me and they were thanking me for purchasing from me. And I'm like, oh. yeah. So I'm like, okay, I need to do more events. <laughs> well, well, Frank, I mean, and, and if you don't mind, I'd like to just drop this perspective, right? Um, because it's, it's intuitive for us to know, you know, uh, you know, that, it's, 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 you know, it's one of the strategies when it comes to marketing that a lot of people underestimate because they're like, well, first of all, I don't even know how to throw an event, right? Um, and so if I'm going to spend all this money, how do I actually know it's going to work? You know what I mean? And, um, you know, there's, there's this, this rapid growth when it comes to digital marketing um, today and, and, and it's not going to stop. However, um, I'd say that the most powerful form of marketing um, that you know is really starting to creep up now it's really starting to boom you know people are starting to talk about experiential marketing but uh the the number one thing and the reason why experiential marketing is so so important frank is because it's the one type of marketing that allows us to bring people back to the beginning you know what i mean yeah us to reconnect with people it goes back to our in, in our intuition our primitive days where we were meeting people and we were giving each other an experience we were connecting we were explaining our services we were explaining our products we were allowing people to connect with our product connect with our the, the services that we offer and when people experience that um, you know, you don't just have clients from that point on, Frank, but you have, you know, loyal clients, which I think is the most important factor when we're building the foundation of our, you know, startup, right? And, um, and, and that's the reason why, you know, people are thanking you or people have been thanking you for their services because they not only got 
what you offer, but they, they receive the feelings and the experience of what you offer. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm really not surprised, but yeah, this is my wheelhouse, Frank. I mean, when it comes to this, when it comes to events, like that is, that's in my veins. So that, that makes me really excited that you experienced that. Yeah. Cause, cause, okay. So I have like a pretty large following on LinkedIn. Um, you know, not, not to like brag or anything, but no, are you kidding me? Brag? No, 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 not, not to brag. I don't, I'm not here to brag, but I have millions of views on my content on LinkedIn. Uh, the organic reach has dropped like recently. So I'm like, dang, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, upset about that. Not really. I'll get over it. But, <laughs> uh, but like there, there's people in my space that are influencers that have similar followings or much larger followings than me okay. um, that I've told to do events. Um, I've told them to do events and they're like, nah, I'm going to stick with like being an influencer because being an influencer, nothing beats that. Mm. And I'm like, dude, it's the same freaking thing. Like you, 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 all it is is branding, right? right? So, you know, like I hate when people hate on like people that do events, like that do events. Well, well, of course we'll hate on being an influencer. And then some people that are influencers will hate on cold calling or whatever the case may be. Right. But like this, like, I just feel like she should not have said this particular influencer. She should not have said that she, she doesn't want to do events and she wants to just yeah. stick with the influencer thing. Cause I'm like, dude, you were leaving so much money on the table oh. by not doing events. And, and, um, and like, I'm like, dude, like, I, I don't know why you're like, I don't know why, what you're thinking regarding that, but maybe perhaps it's just like people, like they're just not good at a specific thing and they, they don't think that it will be valuable and they don't blame themselves. They blame like the, the, the medium that they're on. Exactly. And I, I think that's what happens most of the time. Cause you have to have a good event. You have to, the experience of the, of the people in at the place, it has to be like, really really nice and, and a great experience so oh, absolutely and and uh frank i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i mean we both work with influencers and i think that a lot of that blockage also comes from you know wanting to go live right really yeah, yeah there's there's a there's a little bit of that fear for a lot of influencers that are succeeding in the digital marketing front um i mean there's just you know it's all about frequency when it comes to digital marketing right yeah um, but there's that one time effect or that like, you know, reoccurring every maybe quarter effect when you're really put in front of people and it tests your, you know, ability to be consistent behind a screen and in live, you know what I mean? And um, I think that's a lot of fear that people go through. It's like, can I, if I'm in front of all these people, can I continue to keep them engaged? Because, you know, it, there's that fear. There's that barrier that I think a lot of influencers go through. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, given my experience from a professional perspective, I'll tell you this much that, you know, when you can throw a, a good event, right, and have someone by your side, um, you, you, you accelerate you absolutely accelerate your following, you accelerate your, uh, you know, visibility, your um, reputation, right? Uh, as someone that's real, as that's someone that people can relate to, um, you start getting sponsors, right? So some of the things that I specialize in, if we were to work together is, you know, I understand that mission. What is that purpose? What are we bringing to life that we want people to experience? What's the brand that we want to really kind of, you know, enhance and, and, and have people be able to feel uh, or tangibly even touch, right? And once we discover that mission, Frank, what would happen from there on is essentially 
we would connect you to other branding, right? Other brands, other sponsorships, um, you know, that would be more than happy to cross brand with you um, in lieu of, you know, again, cross marketing opportunities and whatnot. So um, these are things that I just think a lot of people don't know they have the power to do. Um, but once they do, yeah, it's, it's very smart to to take that risk. Who, who, like, do you work, you work with influence, a lot of them, a lot of the influencers to, to market, um, a lot of these uh, events is that what you do yeah absolutely so we either work with influencers as a vendor so funny enough we'll work with influencers as a vendor that's actually a participant of the event right uh or we'll work with influencers to enhance whatever the hell they're influencing you know what i mean so whether it's you know they're launching a cbd beauty product or uh they want to have some you know speaking events um you know it's it, it takes a, a bold influencer to really want to host their own event it's not done um heavily they're normally attached to events that are already existing from other brands or, or, or large corporations um, for that exposure or like celebrity birthdays and things like that. Um, however, yeah, I've, I've definitely worked with a lot of influencers um, and hopefully even more in 2020. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, do you mind? I know, I know you, you probably want to keep this confidential, but cool you know, can you, can you at least say the numbers of some of these influencers, like this many subscribers or, you know, Oh Lord. Are, are they on Instagram? Are they on YouTube? Where, where are they located? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so a lot of them are, some of them are YouTube stars. Yeah. Um, some of the influencers, uh, like there's a girl that she can convert herself into any celebrity with makeup and I've, <laughs> <laughs> I met her at, I met her at uh, John Legend's wine. He, he launched a, his own line, you know, brand of uh, wine. And I met her there and we started doing some events together. Um, we've got, uh, we've done, we've worked with celebrities. Uh, we've worked with celebrities. Um, and um, yeah, who else would I, uh, not as, I don't know a lot of the Instagram influencers. I'll be frank, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be completely frank. Sorry, you say frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, but, um, and it's funny because I, you know, I am, I'm grateful. I have a lot of great interns and I have a great, uh, executive team that is very caught up with a lot of the upcoming, you know, rising influencers and stars and whatnot. And so, but a lot of my clients specifically, um, I'd still consider them influencers because they are in the political eye. They're, you know, executives of LinkedIn, they're um, NBA, you know, stars or entrepreneurs themselves. So, yeah, I'd say like a little bit more of my clientele. They're kind of in that category, Frank. Um, but as far as like really working with influencers for marketing and getting some more traffic that yeah that would be you know more as on the vendor team that would be more like i would say social media influencers yeah that's great i love that yeah. um yeah so i don't do you know who human is human yeah i don't he's on youtube he has like 8.3 million um view. I, so my next event i'm having i'm potentially having him uh oh at the event he has 8.3 like million uh subscribers and, okay um I mean, I got introduced to him through my podcast. Like I, I did uh, uh interview with Sam Bakhtiar. 
okay. uh, who owns like transformation camps. Like he's a, he's very successful. He has, he's a very big influencer on, on Instagram. And I feel like some of these influence, like some of these big influencers know other, uh, the other big influencers. So I'm like, dude, I need to, I need to have more like big, like influencers on my podcast because I get like these awesome recommendations. Like it's crazy. You know what you should do, Frank, if you don't mind me just kind of dropping that on you is um, you should almost create like um, your own and they could be like micro events, right? Like micro experience, right? Micro experience for the, you know, I don't know. I don't even know. Not for micro influencers, but like for the, for, you know, the elite or the, you know, the, the prime influencers and you should get a small group of people together and you'll, you'll catch them in a bag by just saying like, Hey, listen, like, you know, I throw these very micro events they are super private. Um, you know, locations really vary. And we get basically some of the most powerful influencers on the net together um, and uh, really kind of help them, you know, not you know, gain more exposure per se. However, you know, really get them exposed to the other, you know, forms of, you know, exposure, you know, really going live with what they do, you know, and, um, and, and, you know, it's just kind of like, it's, it's like your own club, I'd say, but if, if even those are considered to be like an experiential event. Do you feel like, even though, you know, I don't have like this same, uh, you know, following as like somebody that has like nine, 10 million followers. Um, you think I should, I should invite those people to an event and that would build a lot of credibility for myself. And then those, they would help build my brand. If, Are you if kidding me, Frank? Yeah. yeah. A thousand percent. Why? Because first of all, you know, first of all, no one's doing that, Frank. So if you're the Gatsby of influencers, right? Think yeah. about that. I mean, if, if listen, like, P. Diddy's been out of the game for a really long time. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure he does things behind the scenes, but like, listen, he's always been the Gatsby of the entertainment industry. You know what I mean? P. Diddy, uh, Jamie Foxx. I mean, you, 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 you hear about these people that well, you know when they throw an event, it doesn't matter how long they've been in the game. You're going to go, right? Because they're notorious for bringing people together right? So it doesn't matter how many followers you have comparative to the other ones. If they know you as the person that's bringing people together, you're the gatherer and you're the one that's like, Hey, listen, like I'm the host. You're the most powerful person in that room. You know, Frank, I love that. So I'm telling you, I mean, I would be more than happy to get you guys together and get some, you know, event sponsors, maybe, you know, Belvedere to, to, oh, yeah, <laughs> to sponsor awesome. their alcohol so they can brand with you guys. But yeah, I mean, that's, I'm telling you, if, if you can find yourself to be the online Gatsby and the live Gatsby of the influencer community, that's it. I mean, that's, that's really it, Frank. I'm gonna yeah, go. I love it. Well, I have space for events. So, um, okay. that's interesting. So, so do you, do you recommend like for influencers charging for a ticket? I feel like people don't come really if you don't charge at least something. You know, I think it depends on what type of event you're focusing on, Frank. Right. Yeah. So it depends on the mission. Right if we're getting, you know, the strongest people together or the, the highest view people or however you really want to 
categorize it, then I'd say that the intention should be, hey, listen, like, we're not trying to pay for anything. We're just trying to, like, you know, have, you know, the greatest minds, the strongest minds together and really kind of be exposed with one another, right? Have a network, right? A closer network with one another. Um, but if it's, an, if, if it's an event where, you know, it's public or if it's an event where, you know, yeah, it just really depends, Frank. It depends on the mission of that event and it will best determine the value of, um, you know, whether, you know, a ticket cost would, you know, make that in event feel more exclusive to attend, or it'll just be like, wait, I'm not, I'm not paying to be at an event. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, Frank, uh, just to enlighten you, you know, I know a lot of corporate sponsors that if they knew that they were having a ton of just, you know, you know, streaming influencers with millions of views together in one room. I know a lot of corporate sponsors that would invest in that kind of event. So even if you never wanted to, let's say, charge for tickets, you can actually raise capital from corporate sponsorships so that it can basically pay itself, you know, um, or that, yeah, or you can really just make a lot of money getting corporate sponsorships. Um, so yeah, just let that kind of, you know, <laughs> let that kind of marinate you know um yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't realize the power of um, what they can actually do you know mm-hmm. yeah definitely events are definitely a great medium to be on, uh, to have and um so you're saying corporate sponsorships um re- with regards to like i'm having a venture conference yeah, it's a venture conference. So it's going to be like emerging companies and venture venture capital investors. Love it. Funder, uh, fundamental investors. Um, do, do you have people like corporate sponsors that might be able to, like that might be interested in something like that? Or are you more in like the, like the influencer space that's uh, uh, like in that realm? Actually, Frank, um, I'm not so sure. I think there would be a few of my private corporate sponsors that would be interested in sponsoring something like that, perhaps in more so in the way where they would just deliver their products. So it's like showcased, Um, you know, I mean, if, if people know that there's going to be a room full of, you know, VCs, you know, I, I would more so target the, the sponsors that want more exposure or that need to really kind of, breakthrough right um so there's a little bit of the newer uh sponsors however um i have done i'm not sure if you know uh shipsomnia they're essentially the um, they're basically like the festival on on a cruise they're like holy ship except it's shipsomnia they're pretty badass um but essentially uh i had worked with both the co-founders to create a um a venture it's like an investor, um, you know, capital raise type of event where, you know, they, they wanted to raise X amount and uh, we invited influencers, VCs um, and other entrepreneurs um, to experience this celebration. And we basically like flip this co-lofting space into like a festival in itself. It was wild, Frank. It was wild. And, um, and it was just so amazing because then the, uh, the investors and VCs just really kind of get not just like, 
not the book experience, not the, not the very, you know, logical, logistical, you know, experience, but they, they really get the event experience out of it. So it was very successful. Um, and, um, yeah, we've, we got the whole event sponsored. I mean, there wasn't, yeah, we got the whole event sponsored, but remember there's two types of sponsorships, Frank, there's, if you hire an event consultant, she could be very responsible for getting a bunch of event sponsors to sponsor the event. So like by that, I mean, you know, photographer to say, Hey, I'll shoot this whole thing for free. As long as I get content, um, you know, caters that will be like, Hey, I'll sponsor 50%. I'll just pay for the food. And so they can get their name out there, you know, and um, it's all cross marketing. Frank. Wow. So you can get them to sponsor the food. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Well, well, okay, so I'm at the Hotel Irvine. <laughs> and, uh, are you familiar with the Hotel Irvine? I am. I love that hotel. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so if we can get – how would they sponsor the food, though? Because the, the Hotel Irvine has their own food that they sell. Okay, so correct. I mean, there is a food and beverage minimum for a lot of these venues. However, did you already book the venue? I did, yeah. Okay. So- well, technically, technically not. We're, we're like about to sign a contract with them. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, tell me, tell me your thought. Well, for one, um, it's a great venue. However, um, so it's an investor meeting, right? It's like not an investor meeting, but it's a, a say that it's a VC. V- VC conference. But the underlying theme is, is, is how to build your brand online, how to build your company brand online. Love as well. So yeah, so we're going to have like tic- a TikTok speaker with millions of followers, uh, YouTube, millions of followers, a podcaster that has millions of downloads. So anyways, go ahead. Okay, so for one, I need to be invited to that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there <ain't> no problem. <laughs> <laughs> How many people are you anticipating? Um, we're trying to get 500. 500. Okay. Very, very yeah. good. And that yeah. 500 are, do you see, do you foresee majority of the 500 guests being investors? Do you see them being? Uh, it's probably going to be more investors than companies, like 200 companies and then 300 investors probably. Under yeah. people. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, every, every host starts with a budget, right? So some of those budgets could be like 5,000 for their event, uh, 10,000, 20,000. And so essentially we kind of start there learning a little bit you know how what is that maximum amount that we want to spend right so i'm just kind of guiding you through the uh the process that i normally um, guide a lot of my experiential clients through and so once we determine how, you know that cap in regards to the spend um you know obviously you you invest in the event planner and she's the one that's like okay well let me tap into my database of all the people that i know the people that are starting in the industry the people that are hungry for portfolio the people that they've already established just so much reputation with um, and um, and connection. And, um, you know, what we would do is essentially connect you to the right venue spaces, the right, you know, vendors. So let's say you wanted this whole thing live streamed. And uh, obviously, you know, there's kind of a third party to that. However, there's other vendors that you'd really want to consider, like food and beverage. You'd want to consider um, a photographer to really capture content. You'd want to 
consider marketing materials. There are some things that are definitely not sponsored. Like, you know, the logistics are almost impossible to get sponsored like valet or, you know, having a luxury restroom service or, you know, getting marketing material printed. Like those are just things that we know have to be invested in. However, as a consultant, you know, we have that power to be like, hey, you know, we really door knock these venues and say, listen, guys, this is the opportunity. This is our client. This is the amount of stream, you know, streamers. This is the, you know, millions of views that are going to be happening. Are you in or are you out? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's not what you say. Uh, it's how you say it. Right. That make people want to be part of every opportunity. Like they don't want to have FOMO. Right, Frank? Yeah. <laughs> so, so as an event planner, that's really how I train my team when we're, you know, out, you know, retrieving sponsors, whether they're corporate or event sponsors. We, you know, get in contact with, let's say, you know, Irvine Hotel and say, okay, guys, well, you know, this is the opportunity that your hotel's going to get in terms, of ex- in terms of exposure. But on top of that, it's our first time working at this venue. We really like your guys' venue. We've recommended it before, but there's just been no luck when it comes to booking you guys. So since this is the closest opportunity we have, um, you know, there's so much potential in regards to our referral games, right? So event planners, if you imagine, Frank, we're the hub in the industry. So yeah. we're the middle, you know, there's, we're, we're the people in the center and then everyone veins to event planners. And why is that? Well, because we refer our clients to every venue that best meet that client's criteria. We recommend them to every vendor you can possibly imagine. And so everyone wants to connect with the best event planners, especially ones that really hit that exclusive uh, luxury status, right? And, um, and we really negotiate with them from there. We're like, yeah, we, we know you got the food and beverage minimum, et cetera, et cetera, but could you sponsor the venue space for this event? And, um, you know, if there is a cost in food and beverage, could we eliminate X amount? And can we you know, really just invest in the food in itself. A lot of these hotels though, I'll tell you, Frank, um, it's, it's, there's a lot of negotiation rights, but not a lot of sponsorship rights, unless it's like for, you know, Donald Trump or some shit, you know what I mean, Frank? <laughs> for however, however, um, there's a ton of other venues that would just be like, hey, that sounds really interesting. We just want our logo to be presented. We want our logo to be on the landing page. We want this and that. And we really kind of help those vendors sculpt what it is that they would get on a marketing front, Frank. Yeah. And it's done deal from there. And then we just keep doing that from for every vendor until you spend almost no money on the event, right? And wow. let's say that you do charge for ticket sales, then really you just have the potential to profit, you know, or at least break even on some of the other investments that you've made. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people don't know that Frank, and that's the kind of stuff that, you know, really gets my, you know, head turning. And those are the, that's really where my passion is. Right. Because it, it, I love seeing ideas come to life. Right, Frank? So even for this mission, for the event that's coming up, it's like how to really create a brand online. And um, if you imagine in my wheelhouse, it's more like how do you bring a brand to life? Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this. So let's, so for this event, we're charging – it's normally twenty four ninety five. We have a pro, your early bird promo for fourteen ninety five. 
Okay. Um, do you sell tickets too? Like, is that how you work as well? Or like, I, give me an idea. For anybody who's listening, I hope you take a lot of value from this. Um, I think this is valuable information for anybody listening because you should definitely do events for your business. Um, so, you know, I'm sorry if I'm being a little selfish here and like, I need to ask you questions. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, Let's do it. Let's do it. To the audience. Excuse me, <laughs> audience, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, tell me like, what, like, do you help sell tickets too? Or like, how do you, what, what, what goes on with that? We do. Yes. Crap. This is dude, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Well, I think we take on a lot more than the average, uh, Frank, but yes, we do. We help drive ticket sales. Um, we help, uh, well, listen, you have to imagine the event is compartmentalized into so many stages, right? You have the logistics and planning the logistics of an event. You have the creativity. Um, and then, you know, depending on the scale of the event, the event has to succeed. So the right event planner will, you know, either have the right team, the right force, the right services to say, um, you know, the attendance of that event is also part of our success. Right. Yeah. So it's something that I'm grateful to offer because I have the right force. So if you imagine uh, rock and events, or the Jenny Chang company in itself is made up of just a collective of people that um, really specialize in uh, the event planning. We also rent products, uh, which is crazy. And then we also do the digital marketing aspect of our events. So um, specifically, let's say, you know, we're driving ticket sales, Frank. If that be the case, um, we will, through event science, um, we'll tell you, you know, what would be a very appropriate uh, cost per ticket, <clears throat> early bird, uh, you know, and et cetera, and et cetera, door cost compared to, you know, online cost, um, things like that are, you know, are all the outlets that we would have to consider. And um, we would help drive the frequencies of your digital marketing strategy. So, um, you know, a lot of companies don't even realize, you know, what those frequencies are. I mean, listen, the digital marketing for building a business versus digital marketing for just your event success are two completely different strategies uh, as deserved, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, think about it. I, I love this uh, analogy, but like, for example, Coachella. Yeah, like Coachella is fucking Coachella. We know it to be, you know, this this groundbreaking experience. Um, but part of the reason why Coachella is so successful is not just that event that they throw. It's not just a festival in itself, but it's the frequency of their digital marketing strategies within the years before their annual festival. Right. And it allows people to start, you know, really kind of feeling that FOMO or that you, know, you start brainstorming this concept of what they're going to have at, you know, the 2020 Coachella experience. So, you know, that's all digital marketing strategies revolving the event success. So same thing. We would do the same thing no matter how small or large your event is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we would build in those frequencies so that whether they are through, you know, uh, ticket companies like Eventbrite or whomever it is, we would start to, you know, help 
our clients build a landing page so that they can buy the tickets on their website. We would help um, map out this digital frequency in regards to how many social media posts, how many influencers should be posting, um, you know, the newsletter campaigns, um, you know, really just sculpting the digital marketing plan so that the, the drive of ticket sales and the drive of, you know, attendance is successful, right? Uh, I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I want 500 people to be there. So I'm going to invite 500 people, but it's like, no, that's where we go wrong, right? Yeah, it's definitely hard to get, like we've already had uh, two events with like 230 people. Okay. So we're definitely trying to double that number this of year. Course. Of course. Um, and so... And even uh, to have 230 people, Frank, is so successful in itself. It's like, you know, if we want to double up, if we want to double... Sorry, you know, two, sorry, I'm exaggerating a bit. 230 registrants, uh, oh. about, a, about close to 200 showed up, so... Yeah, no, give or take. I think that's still very, very positive. But um, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, well, if we want 500 people at our event, then we got to invite 800, you know, and we got to keep that frequency going. I mean, because... You have to imagine even for local events, people say they're going and then they end up not, right? So there's there's a very specific science, Frank, that I kind of built on my own. I just, I, I decided to call it event science. It doesn't, like, no one else knows what the secret of event science is. I just make it up as I learn. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of problems that we have to solve in this industry, but as every problem is solved, I find this, this, uh, I would say this specific ingredient, this science to how it all works and how it all succeeds. And, um, but yeah, we do focus on that. Absolutely. Wow. I love it. I love it. And, uh, okay. So let me ask you this. Do you, do you remember hearing about fire festival? I'm sure you have. <laughs> I was literally just talking about it. Really? I was just talking about it yesterday with a friend and I literally looked at her and I was like, you've never watched the fire festival. She's like, no. I was like, you're, you're out of your mind. Like you got to watch this. It was a disaster. <laughs> it's a disaster. He, uh, I have a I mean, lot. He was good at marketing, but he wasn't good at like putting things together and he wasn't good with operations. I don't know if he hired, I think he hired the right team, but I think he was the one that was responsible for that. Oh. Absolutely. And, and, you know, um, listen, the only thing he was lacking was event experience. The guy had no idea what the hell he was doing. He didn't know logistics. He knew creativity. And that's why he was such a master in marketing and branding. I mean, he was a fucking genius when it came to that. I'll be honest. But, you know, he didn't have a counterpart when it came to manifesting the actual event. And poor guy has no idea that, like, when it comes to the event in itself, you got to have another business partner, like, just as much, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a dual relationship between marketing and an event director that specializes in the logistics aspect. I mean, he kept trying to act like an event director and just hire, so you know, for people that don't understand what Fire Festival is, uh, it was this guy that he wanted to do some uh, big, huge party or festival at an island, and he was inviting like college students, and he was involving like people like um, the Kardashian, people like the Kardashians to to or the Jenners to uh, kind of uh, promote the event, and so it, it, it went viral the, this particular event. 
Um, and he set it up that way. And uh, he had investors and all that. But again, he didn't put the event together right. And so it got like national exposure because it didn't, in a negative way, because he didn't put the event together the right way. And he actually, he was like promoting things that didn't really exist. Like he was promoting like these, like you get a villa, like if you pay like 200 grand for this thing and the experience was nothing like that. In fact, they, they had so many issues, logistical issues that they, instead of villas, they started getting like tents, <laughs> tents. and then the food was like, like it was not, it was soggy and, and the, the food wasn't done right. And they were, they were in like, they were in like carton boxes, the food and they just yeah. popped them out. Oh my God. And if some of these kids were like, some of these college students were paying like, like, five thousand to two hundred thousand dollars for tickets yeah and like i I don't know where they where they got two hundred thousand dollars for some of these tickets but like it's just freaking crazy and i think the craziest part is again like this is the power of you know a brand and what you can manipulate in terms of a vision before it all comes together right i mean he was getting investment after investment after investment right and the guy was just so good at building the, the, the skin, you know, he was, he not, not building, I'm sorry. He was great at just stitching the skin on this whole process and making it look like it is, you know, the, the, the experience of a lifetime. And that's all he had was the skin. He didn't have skeletons in the game. He didn't have the foundation. He didn't have the beating heart of what keeps this going. And I think the most unfortunate part about that, Frank, when I was watching, um, first of all, for every event planner out there, this was one of the biggest, like, it cringed. If it makes the average viewer cringe watching this, for an event planner, it just, it, it made us just, you know, anxiety almost for a whole week, you know, gave us anxiety for a whole week. And, um, and the reason is because, um, you know, we, we know, we know what it takes to build something from ground up, at least a lot of us should know. And, um, you know, but unfortunately, yeah, the guy just, you know, he didn't know the world of festivals. He didn't know how to bring it all together. He knew how to put the face on, but he didn't know how to build it to life. And that was uh, what's unfortunate because if that festival went live, Frank, and, you know, according to his marketing plan and, and the way that it was all structured with all these influencers marketing it and all the excitement revolving this concept, if he actually did it right, Frank, it would have been the next Coachella. It would have it would have been bigger than Coachella. You know what I mean? Wow. And um, that's what's unfortunate. Who, who, who puts Coachella together? Oh God, I don't even know. I don't. Some group. It's like I don't know AEG or I don't even think it's AEG actually, but it's some production group. Um, but um, yeah. yeah. And I and it's funny that we're even talking about this because I'm actually building a business plan uh, on a festival that that we're producing in 2021. And um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, but I'm going through that process with just a a great collective of people that everyone kind of brings this asset on the table. And, uh, but, you know, they're all kind of like, Hey, Jen, we're, you're the pioneer for this. We're really aiming for you to drive this whole process because you've got the people, you've got the production, you know how the event works. 
Um, and then I guess it's just the next part would be finding the marketing. You know, I mean, I, I love marketing. I've built all my brands. I've, I've done all the graphics and content for all the brands of my companies, but I'm no marketing genius, right? So it's, it's important that you have the best of both worlds to succeed in, in any event. Right, Frank? So yeah, I agree hundred um, percent. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you being on this, uh, this podcast. I think you, you definitely shared some insightful things and, um, okay, so let's talk, we've been kind of just like naturally like having conversations, but I want to impart some advice with the listeners. Like what are some things they should, like why, again, promote, why some, should somebody be doing an event? And then what, what are the first steps to, to, to doing an event and, and some, impart some advice on people listening? Yeah, so um, listen, I believe that everyone is capable and deserving of throwing their own event. Whether they're, you know, a doctor, you know, opening up his own practice, um, an influencer, uh, you know, an upcoming fashion artist, whatever you are. I mean, I, I really, truly, truly believe that um, the most timeless, the most timeless um, form of marketing and branding is, you know, experiential marketing. And this is, I'm a huge advocate for this because again, you know, if you have the right person by your side to, you know, really guide you into this process, um, it's, it's, you're, you're going to accelerate whatever your, you know, your milestone is, whatever your breakthrough is in your career. And um, whether that's wanting to, you know, profit higher or be a lot more exposed in terms of your brand, um, it's, 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 it's the most timeless form of marketing. And it's going, with time, Frank, it's only going to become more powerful because the digital marketing agencies and firms and strategies are not only saturated by now but there's only so I mean there's only so much exposure you can do online which obviously is what keeps our attention going I'm not devaluing the digital marketing strategies however it'll never overpower um, the the per, you know the the heart of bringing people back together and really just connecting really having people experience your product and brand that will be forever the most powerful thing in the world and I believe that uh, to get started, right, it's just a matter of finding the right person. Um, if you don't know anything about it, that shouldn't stop you from reaching out to a consultant and, you know, reaching out to an agency that specializes in experiential marketing and see if you are the right fit to this event milestone, right? Um, and um, it doesn't have to be perfect, right? So the same message that I give to all entrepreneurs is, you know, have a 60% you know, 60% of your business should be planned. 40% should just be improvised, right? Uh, it should never stop you from getting out there, right? I think everyone wants something to be so perfect that they never get themselves out there, right? And so um, it's the same protocol for events. I teach my team the exact same thing. I'm like, listen, we're masters of time. We're masters of events. But the only reason why we're the best at what we do is because we plan up to 60 to 70% for this event, right? So that we have, and, and by that, that's like equivalent to a thousand percent for most, right? Yeah. However, 
we leave that 30 to 40% to improvise, to be creative, to allow mistakes to happen so we can catch them and learn something new and for the next event and for the next client. So my biggest advice to people is don't try to have it perfect. If you feel like you don't have a strong enough mission, if you don't have a strong enough purpose as to wanting to throw an event, I'd say you're, you're wrong. I think that you're really underestimating yourself when it comes to, um, you know, really getting, you know, at least getting that consultation to discover, you know, the power of that message and how it can be brought to life. Um, uh, you know, so don't underestimate, uh, underestimate yourself, you know, and, and really kind of seek somebody to, uh, you know, see if, you know, what the next steps are. And um, yeah, and let's just create more experience in the world, you know, Frank? I think Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. I think that's the goal here. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> so uh, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, or maybe an event that they want to throw, how would they do that? Very easy. You can just get in contact with me through jennychang.com. Um, I don't know how I got <laughs> the one Jenny Chang name as a domain, but I was able to get it, Frank. Um, <laughs> but again, it's uh, Jenny with a Y, so it's just jennychang.com. Uh, and you can just submit an inquiry um, and uh, talk to me about, and I'll be the one to directly you know, email back. And uh, we can really just schedule a call, get to know a little bit of your concept and what, what's what it is that your potential is and um and and really kind of start the process so got it cool hey well thanks thanks jenny 